0: This episode of the Turf District podcast is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, which is on a mission to inform you about our city. Taproot publishes weekly roundups on a variety of topics, including food, tech, health innovation, arts, regional news, and business. Taproot gathers up the headlines and happenings on these files and delivers them right to your inbox. You can get one or two for free. If you want more, become a Taproot member. Then you can get as many as you want, plus other perks, for just $10 a month or $100 a year. Get informed at taprootedmonton.ca. Enjoy the show.
1: Hey fellas, we ain't gonna ever back down from nobody! I don't care who it is, this is a brotherhood! If we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we
0: have another, and another, and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang him, bang him, bang him. Somebody light me up. It's time to huddle up, it's the Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the turf district where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL and we are a proud member of the Alberta podcast network locally grown community supported and we are also a part of the Canadian football podcast network. I'm Andrew, and we have a very fun show for you this evening. Thank you for tuning in and for joining us. And, of course, if you're listening to the audio version, thank you for downloading. Uh, and make sure that you're sharing out uh, all of the links so that people can join in the huddle with the rest of us. Uh, like I said, we have a very fun show for you this evening. But uh, let's bring in the usual gang first, uh, starting with the one way out west, super and Mike. Way out west, there yep. it is. Yeah, those are there West Antlers right there. That's right there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Jantlers Super? West.
2: Good, good. Uh, had a great weekend. Got to connect with uh, a friend of mine who I've actually been talking to for about 15 years and finally got to meet face to face for the first time.
3: <laughs> nice, um, whoa.
2: So yeah, he's uh, another collector like me. Uh, also huge into the history side of things, especially the Green and Gold era. Uh, so yeah, we just sort of hung around at his place. He has more uh, Green and Gold stuff than I do, uh, and it oh, is man. absolutely packed floor to ceiling, like right to the rafters. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good time. So I, I felt a little more normal because there's people that have more stuff than me. So that was good.
0: <laughs> you found a bigger hoard than yours?
2: Yeah. That's,
0: that's amazing yeah, yeah it's been, um awesome. you know he's been uh it's gary right that you spent yeah. some time with um he um has, was posting there after our last show some of those figures and stuff that he has done that right and wow man i was just blown away like just some very cool stuff and he is he is one of now the four people that i know that have uh, an original locker
2: yeah i think there might be a few more. Uh um obviously Dwayne has a locker. So there's oh, one. That
0: would be five for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. So quite a few out there, but um yeah. You have one, uh, I have one, hey. Yeah, come on, hey. gotta get in yeah. there. Let's get you a locker. <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs> Need a locker in the background. Uh that's speaking right. of, let's bring in Commissioner Kayla. How's Commissioner?
3: Hi. Okay. First off, I feel like I don't believe you. Mike. <laughs> and secondly, I feel like we should insert Joe's famous gif of, I don't believe you. <laughs> like, immediately that came to mind. I don't
0: believe you. I yeah. don't believe you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, I need a locker and I think we all know which locker I need. So if you can help get me that, that'd be awesome.
0: Uh, One that has from a certain, maybe Fred Stamps, maybe that one. Is that the one that you would like?
2: Maybe. Yeah.
3: Well, that'd be
0: tough.
2: They came out in 09. so Yeah, so there's no Fred Stamps.
3: Oh well (laughs) just fake it. I wouldn't have known. (laughs) (laughs) I would not have known any different. Uh
0: I like the new do, Kayla.
3: Oh, thanks. It's very liberating. Thank you very much. (laughs) Very good, sir. A lot got cut off. It's definitely like way shorter than I asked, but it's hair, it grows. Well, some some of us it grows. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know what you're you're talking about. Uh, All right, you've heard him laughing in the background, joining in already. Let's bring in our guest. Uh, Very excited to uh, have one of the best receivers to ever play the game with us tonight. Uh, Still holds the record for the most receptions in a season. Uh, And he is currently the president of the Edmonton Elks Alumni. Uh, Welcome to the Turf District, number 87, Mookie Mitchell.
1: How you doing? Glad to be here.
0: Oh, this is awesome, man. I'm, I'm so glad that we uh, we finally got you on the show to chat. Um, and uh, you've been one of the ones that we've talked about many years of wanting to talk because, uh, you, you know, every level of this team and we're going we're gonna to get into that. Um, tell us a little bit uh, what you're up to uh, these days, because, um, you know, we, we we we're used to seeing you out and about on the field.
1: Yeah, so the, since um, uh, the thirteenth, 2013, I've been working here on the Sasa. I'm a, a team leader. I work with uh, 16 indigenous youths, and uh, I've been pretty much like these, the boys' guardians, you know, they're the voice for them. I uh, just recently came from up north, just left high level uh, last week. I took a couple of the boys, like nine of the boys up to high level for a winter camp, where their um their elders and like their supervisors, caseworkers, we was all out at this um uh, uh city that was called Rainbow Lake. Okay. And there the boys learned how to well, the boys and myself, we learned <laughs> how to ice fish. We learned how <laughs> nice. to ice fish and we was um trapping, doing a little, you know, setting the traps for wildlife. So nice. I mean it was a big experience for me. So I've been doing this this uh work with the, the indigenous youth for the last eight years and it's it's been a blessing to me because these kids they keep me young and the last uh on the football side of it the last three years i was just a a member on our board of the alumni board and after our uh most recent um president stepped down bob clark he threw my name in the half a president and i'm like what me <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> You know, so all the guys, um, all the other alumni and the current board members, they thought I would have been the, the perfect candidate for the job. So the guys voted me in. So I'm going this year is like my second term as the president. And so I've just just been just blessed and lucky to be in this position.
0: Oh, man, that that's that amazing. is that's so amazing um, on mm-hmm. so many levels. I, I love hearing the stories about uh, you working with the kids and stuff, too, because mm-hmm. that's uh, um I know in the few times that I've met you like it, it, it's an inspiring moment. We, we have a great conversation and mm. it's, and it's fun to chat with you and, and you working with kids just seems like the perfect fit for me. I think that's uh, mm. that's, that's awesome. Um, Oh my God, my dog will not leave my arm alone. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I know you'll see him in a bit Kayla. Um, now I did want to ask you though. I mean, everyone recently, I guess, on, on the Elks world saw you when there was the helmet reveal and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got to see your face when you first saw it <laughs> and, and kind of, uh, give that alumni <laughs> side of things. So, um, tell us what, what your actual first reaction to the new helmet was and, and what it means to the alumni to have the EE back on the helmet.
1: I mean, it, it, it meant the world to those guys. And I was, glad once again glad and blessed that I got the opportunity I got the call from the uh, from Victor and the uh, Elks administration to come in and, and be part of this this new history right so when I when I turned the corner in the locker room and I saw it I was just so ecstatic about it because like I mentioned during the interview I got so many calls over the last year about uh, just from players or just from like fans in general, when they would just see me in public, like they just didn't like that new look, that new logo. And the EE has always been that it was just that that tradition. Even the years when I was, you know, playing for Toronto, and you would always, we would always come here to play Edmonton. It was always you would just always see it on the jumbotron, you know, like the Warren Moons, the Dan kepleys just the history, the richness with this mm-hmm. fan, just. It was just like that that bloodline, that brotherhood, and that, that just the seeing that that double E, it was, it was just so proudful. Even when I was wearing the, the uniform the three years, like you just didn't want to disappoint the fans or those who paved the way for guys like myself.
2: Oh, Fantastic. That, yeah. yeah, I mean we felt the same way. <laughs> all of us have chills. Just just seeing that video was amazing. Um yeah. we we'd love when we have alumni on uh or or current players to sort of go back at the beginning and sort of learn like who introduced you to football and when did you become a fan?
1: Well, it it started when I was like 19 years old, my oldest brother. um, He would just take me and, to the, to the field in, in Miami, in the inner city. And I would just, I would be either 19 years old playing against 18, 19 year olds. And I meant the game. It was like really, like really physical. Like if you ran, (laughs) if you ran towards the fence, you got knocked into the fence, you know? And so this is what it was like just playing at the park. So when I started playing organized football in high school, the only thing I had to get adjusted or accustomed to was just putting on that uniform, I used to always go watch and support friends that played low league football, but uh, I guess it's my mom raising like eleven of us, like it was just the funds just wasn't there, you know. So I just always just loved and just had that passion for wanting to play football and just wanting to be around it.
2: That's amazing. Did you have a favorite player growing up?
1: Uh, yeah, my my favorite player growing up was Jerry Rice. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I would, number, I would number 80 in high school because of Jerry Rice. Nice. Mm-hmm.
3: Can't argue with that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you were on the Saints, so just pause mm-hmm. for a sec for me because that's just. Mm-hmm. They're my NFL team, so that's, that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's just... Wow. <laughs> um, and then the Scottish Claymores before you joined mm-hmm. the Argos in 97. Uh, what was the first impression of the CFL game?
1: Uh, it was. At first, when I, when I first got here, I just I had just got released from um, Atlanta, Atlanta in in ninety six. Because after my stint with New Orleans, I went to training camp with with the Falcons, and after that release, I just wanted to play football. I just remember calling my agent and telling my agent like, "Hey, I want to. I don't care if it's Arena. I don't care if it's CFL." So he was shocked to hear that I wanted to play in the CFL because at the time, my agent. He knew Eric Tillman. They, I guess they had a relationship, so he knew Eric Tillman. I knew nothing about the game. I watched a couple of games growing up in Miami, the CFL game, and just thought it was, like, kind of exciting. And so when I went to camp with the Argos in 97, I had um, – uh, God, what was the game? Uh, D.K. Smith, if you guys can remember D.K. Yep. Smith. Yep. D.K. Smith would follow me – through all our drills, he stayed right behind me. If it was one-on-one, if it was seven-on-seven, he was teaching me how the, you know, the waggle, and he was teaching me how to hit the line full speed. And when, if he was working with somebody else, pinball stayed like right behind me. And then um, all during training camp, coach uh, jenkins he had me behind paul mazzotti so this was like before i knew the game i'm looking at like hey, who's this little slow little white dude you know because i'm like well, okay so you know wherever coach matthews was putting me but he just kept me outside him and coach jenkins they kept me at like x and they kept me at the z and so during one of the uh lunch periods coach jenkins came up to me and he said i want you to go to the slot position and so when i went into the slappers, and so i ran back to the locker room opened up the uh playbook and just trying to just cram in as many other plays as i could and so when i started to get a feel for the waggle and you know with my ability i just remember pinball and robert Drummond. they say man you're gonna we will be shocked if you're not rookie of the year because they say this league they don't know nothing about you we just won it in 96 you a huge addition And I, um, after the first game, um, me and uh, Flutie, we didn't have our chemistry. Flutie didn't know me. So if you knew Doug Flutie, if he don't know you, he's not throwing you the ball. So (laughs) pinball, pinball got all the balls and Mazzotti drumming. And so I just, I remember after the game, um, the next day after we finished watching film, Coach Matthews, God bless the dead, he brought me into his uh, office. And I'm like, oh my God, this man finna cut me. You know, and I just got cut. So I was like, oh, man. And so he was like, uh, he he told one of the uh, secretaries at the time to go get Flutie at the locker room. And so I'm like, oh, my God, what done happened? And so he sat me and Flutie down to watch the game against Hamilton. And I just kept popping open. But Flutie didn't know me. And Flutie promised me something that day in Coach Matthew's office. He'd say, I would never miss you again. He said, I would never miss you again. And from then on, it was Great Cup rookie of the year. And it was just, I tell people still today, if Doug Footy was to suit up today, I'll suit up right with him. That was the easiest year of my playing career because he just made it so easy. And just growing up in Miami, watching him like his Boston college days, and then being in the same locker room, the same practice. I saw the magic with this guy. He just, he just played, he just played Sand football. If teams were starting to get the momentum, he moved us around and he, he found that Mac. So if he lined me up in the backfield, he lined pinball up, he made the game so easy. He made it so easy. And as a player with this wide open field with just what the CFL always tell receivers or, or uh, family friends. And then in the, in the U S like the, the CFL is is just way more exciting. It's way more. And it's a, re- a receiver's dream.
0: Wow, like I, I can't imagine Doug Flutie saying, "I will never miss you again." And be he like, said that,
1: yeah, he okay. promised me that, and, and it he was didn't. so. Yeah, and he <laughs> yeah. didn't. And so the thing that was so the thing that was so funny is just before our second game in um, when we was going to play Montreal, my oldest brother got shot, and so Coach Matthews was like, "You're doing really well in training camp, but I haven't seen you make plays in the uh, game." And so I, I remember I said, "Coach, just fly me home." and I'll meet you guys in Montreal." And so uh, I remember when I arrived at at the uh, Dome in Montreal, the, the team was already out there warming up. I just jumped out of a cab and I mm-hmm. ran into the locker room, got dressed right quick, didn't even have time to stretch. And four touchdowns later, <laughs> I made the team. <laughs> And so when I'm telling you, Doug Flutie say he will not miss me. It, the thing that was just so amazing to me with Doug, me and Doug was like the same height, but Doug Flutie would give me landmarks. He would tell me like, I'm going to throw the ball to you 30 yards out, down the field, two yards outside the hash. He said, I'm going to look off the safety. And he said, all you do, you just make that halfback miss and you will score. And just that's it. And when I would just look back, I couldn't see Doug, but I would just see the ball coming wow yeah he was that magical like when he say he was gonna do it yeah he just did it he did it he made the magic happen
0: that is uh, that you got to play with some great quarterbacks we're going to talk about another one in a little bit but uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you were you talked about it i mean you came in rookie of the year that year Mm -hmm. uh you win the gray cup at commonwealth as it turns yeah. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. out know? <laughs> who knew that was going to be such a great place for you um yeah I, mean, I hoped um anyway um what what other than that moment i gotta because that's got to be one of your biggest memories is doug mm-hmm. saying i'm never gonna miss you again but what, yeah. what was your biggest memory of that gray cup game being that it was your first gray cup ever
1: yeah i mean it's that that great cup, like all great cups, you, you love them and you cherish them. And when I um, I went last week to East Glen High School and I took both of my rings, and so they seeing the difference in the size because the 05 gray cup ring is like 10 times the size of the um, the 97 ring. And I tell people all the time that the 97 ring will always be really special to me because that was my first championship. I remember – our team was, it was, it was like a good arrogance, but if you knew coach Matthews, he, he was like that player coach that he made your head as, as big as the stadium. He felt he always had the best players on the field. There was no way we could lose. Uh, and he just, he just put that kind of confidence. He put that kind of confidence in you. So I just remember throughout that 97 uh, gray cup when our defense was um number one in the CFL, and they ended up giving up uh, Saskatchewan that opening field goal and they said we ain't giving them no more points and they just they was like we're gonna you guys go down and you score and we're gonna just we're gonna go ahead and just win this game we might well just size up our rings I just remember about <laughs> the game because the guys from the 96 team had already won a championship so I just remember me and a handful of the rookies that was on that ninety seventeen like Oh, we couldn't – we was begging God, like, don't let this clock stop. We wanted it to be, like, a soccer <laughs> match because we wanted that moment. And then I just remember, like, that moment when, um, you know, you could just – at some point in the game, you feel as a player, like, we got them. Like, it's only, like, a minute left in the game. We're up by, like, 20. It's just – and then the confetti and started coming down. I didn't even run up there with the gray cup. I remember just running on that field like I was a two-year-old because it's like I like I don't want me a championship. I'm like it's, I'm good. I am good. That's amazing. Well, you know.
0: Now they did say they did win in the '96 one, but they really didn't. It was just <laughs> it was a fumble anyway. Carry on,
2: Mike. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say about. it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrew was talking about, of course, you did uh, set the record for 160 receptions in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, your second year, you were, became the third person ever and still only the top three guy to, to have 2,000 yards receiving in a mm-hmm. season. Uh, just amazing stuff. But of course, we are an Elks podcast, so we're <laughs> really excited. Uh, Fast forwarding a couple of years to 2004 when you joined Uh, the team, and uh, a team that was already stacked on receiver with Ed Hervey, Terry Vaughn, Mm -hmm. Jason Tucker, plus you, and then you had Mike Pringle at running back, Jason Moss, getting 5,000 yards that season. What were the the first few days, the first few months even, like in that 2004 season?
1: Well, I mean, I was was shocked when I got the phone call. Like, a lot of people, uh, well, just like the guys that was on that team, they knew the story behind that. Because I just got released um, from Toronto, and like I say, Paul Jones, who was who was our GM in Toronto, now he's here in Edmonton. And so I remembered um Hugh Campbell called me. And Hugh Campbell, you know, if you talk to Hugh Campbell, you know he got that really slow voice, hey Mookie, Hugh Campbell. <laughs> and so now I'm pissed because I used to be the big prankster on the team. Like all the teams I was on, I was all the way to that guy that just ran pranks on players and coaches. So, you know, it's like two weeks, no, it probably wasn't even two weeks before training camp, and I'm sitting at home, you know, you're waiting on that phone call for somebody to call you, and then it's Hugh Campbell, but I never, I've always seen Hugh when we came here in Toronto to play, but I never spoke to him, so I didn't know the the, his, the tone of his voice, and so when he called and he introduced himself, I was like, okay, yeah, if this Hugh Campbell, then let me speak to Paul Jones, and I hung the phone up in Hugh Campbell face, Boom! <laughs> <laughs> I say man, you need to quit playing because you know I'm trying to get signed somewhere. And so uh I say, if if this is Hugh Campbell, you because I know Paul Jones, I say, you get Paul Jones to call me back. And so, not even a minute later, Paul Jones called me. And he's like, Mookie, because he was right in the office with you. He's like, You my god, you hung up on Hugh Campbell. And I'm like, and I say, man, is that Hugh Campbell. So I'm like, oh man, this man is not gonna sign me. And so he was like, hey, Mook, even though you hung up in my face, you're a pretty good player, and I want you here to to go." And so I just remember coming in. That was the first thing I did when I got to the, to the facility. I went up to Hugh, and I apologized. And me and him still have that laugh about that to this day because guys, coaches, they couldn't believe, like, man, you hung up on Hugh Campbell. I'm like, man, I didn't know who he was. you know. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, my God. And so then – all throughout training camp that just like you said uh andrew that's what everybody was saying well how you guys are gonna get the ball right because it's you guys are stacked at receiver but i just remember you know ed hervey jason tucker and um terry bond those guys was just like ecstatic because they couldn't believe it they like whoa we got mookie here with us so it's we were just like saying like let's let's just let's just take over. Let's take over this league. And whoever was the the hot player that week, like it was it was never no animosity. If if Jason, if it was his week, if it was my week, we all just supported each other. We just wanted to win.
0: That's amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. I, well, and you got to watch that corner route for Jason Tucker over and over yeah. again. <laughs> it's yeah, not hard to not hard to be upset when he's on. Mm-hmm.
1: The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I was gonna just say like our defense, they, they really they really appreciated that because they was like, you know what? If we got to deal with these dudes here, we got to deal with these for every day and every week. <laughs> Like the game is gonna be easy for us, right? Yeah. And so which, you know, it 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 is kind of benefit. Like, and that's that's one of the things like that when we we talked about it earlier about just that double E, like how was Edmonton able to pull that off? Because you only you only get like dynasty type players like that, like once every 10 years, you know, and that that just doesn't happen. You may have one or two receivers, but to have four all stars on one team, that's 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 incredible.
3: That's agreed.
1: That.
3: Oof. <laughs> Oof. I wish I had like watched CFL back then, man. I I yeah, I missed out on so much. <laughs> <You did>. oh. <laughs> like, just after or just before my time. But uh mm-hmm. so jump forward to 20 uh 2015. Wow. Wrong, wrong decade. <laughs> 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the greatest uh, Grey cups obviously going into double overtime, the clutch catch on third down to you know give you guys that boost to well we all know what happened in, in mm-hmm. two thousand five. but tell us what do you remember most about that game
1: well the the most about that game I spoke on it I sent uh Dave Jameson because we're on our alumni uh, website we are um we're trying to get that up and going. So one of the questions that he had for me and like the guys that he asked the question was like what was one of your most memorable moments from wearing like the double e and if you guys can remember, uh, that 05 season, we went down to Calgary, the last game of the season, and we we bombed that game. So whoever won that game, you would have had to go to the other stadium that following week. And so I just remember we was feeling bad because we sh- we felt we should have won that game. We should have won the game. And so we come back and then we um, started to get prepared. And so I was, I, I put on my answer to that, what the, um, the most memorable because that 05 season, all the younger guys and the rookies after we was in a uh, locker room when we returned, they was all trying to design plays for me and Tucker. Like they was offensive coordinators. Like we're going to do this. We're going to do this here to win the game. And so, I mean, it was just fun to see like all the guys on both sides of the ball. That was just that in, you know, just that involved. It wasn't that passionate about, Wanting to go back to Calgary and win And I remember when we won the game, we went to go play B.C., which was going to be tough. We knew, like, B.C. is always good in their place. And I just remember, if you guys can remember, one of our defensive linemen, Chuck Austin. I promised him. I said, man, we're going to beat these people. We're going to beat them, and we're going to come back here, and we're going to make them clean out their lockers. And I still have the picture where Chuck was on his mm-hmm. knees after the Western uh, final. And I went behind him and I hugged him because he was he was in tears. He said, Mook, you called it. I said, man, I told you. And I said, we're going to beat Montreal. I said, it's going to be a dog fight, but we're going to win it and you're going to get your first uh, Grey Cup. And everything else, like that game was just, it was just so magical and it was just so memorable, right? And one of the, the funniest things that uh, that is about that game, when everybody talk about like that third and four, you know, I didn't even know what down it was because I was that involved. like I just remember when I broke the huddle, when I broke the huddle, I was looking down. And when I looked up, I didn't see no defender for Montreal in front of me. And so I'm trying to give Ricky the eye to see if he see what I see. And so the guy, I guess Montreal was trying to disguise it. They was trying to cover me from that position with a safety, but the safety was so high and inside and not knowing that my route was the corner route. And so when I took off to the corner, uh, Crutchfield, remember Daryl Crutchfield, who played with us, but he was in Montreal. His job, I found out after speaking with Coach Matthews after the game, he was supposed to go take that throw away. But if you guys can remember, Tucker was to my inside and it was farther out. And both of those guys ran just a five yard hit. So it kind of put him in a bind. And so Ricky rolled out and Ricky said he just saw me flying to the corner and he just threw it. And I tell I tell people today I say I would have dropped any ball, but I wasn't dropping that one. I, I, I held down to that ball. If you guys go back, you see I I never squeezed the ball so tight ever in my life. And so I was like, no nah, man. And so you know, I get I've got a lot of praises uh, from like players that was on that team, you know. And I was like, hey man, I was just doing my job. I was just so happy to be part of like history again, and just to just to see the emotions on the guy's faces that was their first time getting a great covering because it took me back to when I won my first one. Right. So.
0: Absolutely. Oh, man, that's amazing. Yeah.
3: I got goosebumps and like chills and you just like, cause I, in, in my head, it's like all in slow motion as like yeah. talking about the play. And I, I like yeah. watched it a couple of times today and uh, just hearing like your, like your uh, version of it and what you were viewing and how you saw it. It's just like, Ooh, it's like a yeah. movie playing out. It's so cool. Yeah.
1: And then that, that, that play even went back to um, our game against Calgary in the uh, Western Semi. Because throughout that game, me and Ricky could never hook up on that corner out. And so if I went high, he threw it low. If I went low, he went high. And so all the week of the Grey Cup, I had just told Ricky, I said, Ricky, what am I going to do? I'm just going to stay high. And if I stay how you, I'll just adjust to you just what I'm supposed to do anyway. So you just throw to what you see. And so when the Grey Cup was here in 2010, because I never asked Ricky until then, we was up at our alumni uh, um, Mm -hmm. event and I asked Ricky Ray in 2010 at the show. I said, Ricky, what made you throw that ball? And because I say Ed and Tuck was wide open to the outside. We it was an easy pitch and catch. It was just third and four. They would have, they would have just got the first down if you would have flicked it. He was like, you was just so wide open. I just threw it. He just said, I just, wow. I just, he said, I saw it. He said, I saw what you saw. Like it wasn't <laughs> nobody in front of you. So he was like, I was going to win. We, we, we came there to win. Wow. <gasps> Magic and you <laughs> yeah, so I told, I told the kids last week at East Glen, I said, if I would have dropped that ball, I'd have had a lot of angry Edmonton fans still to this day. Pissed off. <laughs> it would have yeah. been a lot of pissed off fans.
0: We'd be calling you Daryl instead of Mookie. Yeah. I <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, not Mookie anymore. No, no, yeah. that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was yeah. uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's amazing. And I can, I can imagine in your, in your mind though, like Kayla said, it was probably running through like slow motion. Like, yeah. Okay. I better. Yeah. Cause if you guys
1: can to remember, ball. if you can remember Ricky, everything with Ricky was such a touch. Mm, so great. when I broke to the corner, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. I'm just like, I wanted to just like snatch the ball out the air with like a <laughs> string or something, you know, cause Ricky just always just had that perfect throw. So I was like, "Oh man, I was just praying for that ball to get there because I could, I could feel the DB starting to gain ground because Ricky had done put so much air on it, and it ended up being one of the one of the best throws in the Grey Cup that I've seen." So,
0: wow, man, that's, that's amazing! Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> now we'll jump ahead a wee bit. Uh, you finished your career in two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. uh, and then in twenty fifteen you get the call to be inducted into the Canadian football hall of fame. Um, what was that celebration like for you? And do you have a favorite memory from that weekend?
1: Yeah, I was numb. Once again, I thought it was a prank again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this Hugh Campbell calling me. Yeah. no, I, no, guess. I yeah.
1: Uh, So when the commissioner called, I was at an appointment with like one of the kids that I work with and he was, he was inside speaking with his therapist. So I'm just sitting outside in a company van and the commissioner called and i knew like i knew his voice and but it and he was like when he was saying like well mookie just want to congratulate you you've we we um selected you to get inducted into the hall of Fame. and i just remember going numb like if you guys could wow. just visualize like uh when you're watching a movie and somebody jump into like deep water and it, it just like that silence i remember just being numb like he was talking and i didn't say nothing and I remember when he hung up the phone and I thanked him for the phone call, I remember like just, I hesitated and I waited for like two or three minutes, like, was this really the, the real phone call or was this another name? <laughs> you know, so I'm like, would the commissioner of the CFL break me? And so I had to, and so um, with the confidentiality, I couldn't, uh, I could. T- he said, I could tell my wife, but you couldn't tell like your kids, you couldn't tell family members. So I know you guys could just imagine how tough that was because that type of news, you want to spread that with everybody, any and everybody that you know. And so it was just really like uh, just hard to not like me and her had to just keep that like all bottled in that I was getting like inducted into the hall. And so I was like, oh, shoot, man, it was it was just a great accomplishment. Just um, uh, once we got to the ceremony and I was talking to the, uh, the former director. And when I found out over with the rich history of the CFL, it's only just a little over 200 of us inducted into the hall with all the great names that have came and played in this league. It is truly a blessing to be amongst those men, right? Because there are still like some legends that's still right here. There's guys that was on this five in a row team. That's not in that hall. So to get a call like that, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm just blessed, blessed and lucky.
2: Wow. Wow. That's chills for sure. Um, So now sort of fast forwarding to the present, you've taken on the role of president of the double E alumni association. Uh, We had Victor QE on last, uh, Mm -hmm. last episode, Mm -hmm. and he talked about the connection to the, um, the team being different for the alumni as opposed to being fans. fan. So what do you see as the role for the alumni, uh, both with the team and with the fans?
1: Well, before the announcement was, uh, before Victor uh, was appointed the position in our meeting, we all got on board and said, whoever's the new president, the new head coach, we're going to support him because we kind of lost that connection with the team over the years. It was kind of that separated and it was kind of divided and it was really hurtful, right? Because my years of playing here, the alumni and the team was so connected. It was like a hand in a glove. And when Victor was appointed the president, I uh, went and met with him, me and um, my other vice presidents. And we promised him that whatever you need from us, we're on board. We're on board. Whenever you uh, you are the team. Want the support? If you need our help, whatever type of way that you need our help, I'm gonna be on. I say, even if I have to do it myself. And some of the alumni can't make it. I want to get it back on board. I want to get this city, get this team back to where it used to be.
0: Oh, love it. Mm-hmm. Right, we mm-hmm. want more. <laughs> <laughs> we're all about we're all about everybody from this team. Yeah,
1: one
3: hundred percent. So, do you have things on the horizon with the alumni that we can look forward to?
1: Uh, We Well, we're trying to get some of our programs back that we used to do. And Victor has a lot of things in store, too, that he wants the alumni Mm -hmm. to be a part of. We got the uh, team also. They have the little parking ride where they want uh, former players for us to get on the bus and take the ride to Commonwealth. And I told him I'm definitely on board with that. I am definitely on board with that. So you just get to mingle with fans from one site, from wherever the ETS is going to leave from all the way to the stadium and so some of the guys, some of the alumni wouldn't be able to make it but I told Dave Jamison, I've told the Elks personnel, say I said I'm would. i going to try to get as many um, former players connected and involved with it. Some of them have already given me the okay that they're going to do it. Um, wow. Victor also have a uh, little golf tournaments we have our own but we have uh some of the team have emailed me about just presenting the two guys in our next meeting uh victor also have uh where he's gonna try to bring out ceos and use former alumni like how you do a combine so we'll be timing ceos around edmonton big time (laughs) ceos and like the 40-yard dad so i love it i mean you got a got. Oh my God. So, oh my uh, so Victor victor has he has a lot of ideas and he has a lot of uh of visions about um just where he want to see this team and, and just get it back to the way it used to be, where it's even the connection within the fans, right so
0: oh man that dang. that's amazing um, yeah, obviously the like with the course correction now like the the outlook for the team has to be much better from the alumni, I would uh, have to think.
1: Uh, it is. It is. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, you're you're making me want to take ETS before the game, just because <laughs> you said that, right. that might be a possibility. But we're going to be at the tailgate. So now, I'd like to ask if you're going to have some alumni come down to the tailgate, yeah, yeah, and hang had, out had, and get yeah. some stuff, because that'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, we had so many first. What Victor wanted, Victor wanted it for the whole season. But you know, with some of the alumni, you got some of these guys like, ah, you know, just the old grumpy old men. <laughs> <He's just> like, <laughs> Come on, man. That's just let's just it's just a ride. It's just a ride from one destination right to the stadium and then you're through. Right. And so with the with the uh, tailgate and, and all of that. And so we're even trying to even incorporate it where we could um, when people are getting off the train, we'll bring alumni over to the train to take pictures, sign autographs. But we're we got so many things, so many ideas of what we want to just do for the fans like before and on game days. Oh,
0: that's amazing! And wow. I mean, yeah. as fans, we just want to sit on a bus and hear about how you hung up on Hugh Campbell. That's what I we know. want to hear. I mean, like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's amazing. Can we get Hugh Campbell there to to say yes, this did happen? And yeah, we still find did him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whenever yeah. I talk to him next, that's my first question: Did move? Yeah, you hang up on you? that's, a, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's a good thing he won that cup for you a couple of I years know. later. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, Mike, let's go to some uh, fan questions for Mookie here, because I there's probably a couple in the chat.
2: Absolutely. Um. So let's just skip through here. Uh Chris Agar's got a great question. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Farhan Lalji's belief that the hash marks are going to be narrowed, like in the NFL? Oh,
1: like, I would rather it stays. I rather it stay the same. They they thinking about shortening it, like yeah. the NFL. Oh no, no. Because with one of the with, with the game right now, like I went and did um, with the girls, they had a girls um, football camp at Fulfill a couple of weeks ago. Team asked me to go and um, just participate in it. And some of the current uh, players was there. And so one of one of my biggest pet peeves that I have right now, and I want to talk to a lot of the coordinators now. So I'm going to call up my guys like Jay Moss and all you guys. Do you guys remember? when back in the day when we used to hit the line full speed yeah the receivers Yeah. yeah, i just and i was just telling one of the receivers there i said you know what that was that's like an advantage for us if you're a receiver that has that ability to run you use that waggle as your advantage right if you make that db miss it's a touchdown that's why the cfl was always so exciting so when i'm seeing these guys doing like the trotting to the line. And then, right. I mean, they still getting the touchdowns. They still getting explosive plays, but it was just seconds. Like if that DB hesitated for one second, you was in trouble. It was either a big play or it was a touchdown. Now with this, the way it is now, it's like, to me, you might as well play NFL football because it's like most of the guys are almost stationary, like even the the slot guys, you know, so yeah. – I would want to, I wouldn't want to touch nothing with the CFL. Not the rules. Not the nails. Just keep everything the same. Amen. <laughs> keep it all the, the same. Yeah.
0: Uh, as you say that, I re, I remember when the guys would be lining up like ten and twelve yards 20, deep yeah. off the line because yeah. they then yeah. By the time they hit the line, it's, it's like you're right. If they you're, they make one wrong tilt. move, you're done. You're, yeah. yeah,
1: it's a touchdown. Or the way yeah. we used to go from one side. Of the field to the other. And you would just see DBs get crossed up. They'll get confused. And you got a receiver just running down the field wide open because they didn't call switch or they just because of the motion and how fast all the the slot receivers was moving. It just created a lot of chaos and confusion for for defensive guys. So
2: that's awesome. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of questions here. I'll just get a couple. Um, Chris Agar, I know you've told the story a lot before, but uh, just for, for the rest of us here, where did the name Mookie come from?
1: College roommate. College oh, nice. roommate, yes. I was at Texas Tech. I just got there, uh, and me and my, my college roommate, we were sitting on the couch just watching basketball, and he was like, man, you remind me of a guy named Mookie. And I'm like, what do you mean, man? So he was so, <laughs> When we would be on campus or we would be at practice or whatever, he just started calling me Mookie, and so everybody would look like, "Who are you talking about? The new guy, you know?" The new- <laughs> and so it just stuck. It just stuck, and so everybody just always believed like Mookie was my, you know, government name, like born name. <laughs> so- <laughs> And the crazy part about it, I'd rather be called Mookie than Daryl. Like, only my <laughs> wife called me Daryl. And it's like when I'm in trouble. Like, what? what?
2: With <laughs> Sometimes I don't even
1: look when she say Daryl. I don't even.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, Cosmic Rhubarb Leanne is asking, any chance the alumni uh, have plans to come to surrounding towns to help promote the EE legacy?
1: Yes. that's that's part That's part of our vision.
2: That is awesome.
1: Getting back, doing appearances, doing um, uh, signings, what, whatever. So whatever oh, like I was saying, whatever the the EE wants us to do, whatever victim need any help or any suggestions, we're we're there.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Okay, last mm-hmm. one here. Um, this is from Derek Mapstone. Uh, what is your personal most memorable catch?
1: Hmm. That's good. That's that's a good one. Yeah. You know, I would you know what I would say was um, it was it was one of my best ones. It even surprised me. It was after I when I returned from um, the NFL after the, the record breaking year, mm-hmm. I came back and I was it was the Labor Day game against Hamilton and um, uh, Kerwin Bell. You guys, remember that name? Oh, yeah. I don't oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, anybody want to spike I, a ball right about now? Or no, yeah, no, yeah,
1: old okay. Kerwin, okay. Old yeah. And so, I had a uh, I had a post route, and when I beat the I uh, beat the DV to the post, Curwin threw it to my outside, and so when I just turned, I just threw my arm up, and the ball just stuck. And it, like I say, it, it surprised me that I got up, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew what I was doing. You know? <laughs> Like I said, yeah, it was nothing. I do this every day. This is nothing. <laughs> but I would say that was one of my most memorable, just most acrobatic catches that I could remember.
0: Oh, one-handers will do that. That's I yeah. really yeah. like those. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all right. Well, uh, let's. Um, Mike, do you want to go through your uh, your hoard item? Do you want to? Tell sure. Us about what's going on? I'll bring you on first, and then I can get to the pictures. You'd let me know when you're ready.
2: Yeah, I'm ready anytime.
0: All right. So uh, this is now our horde and tell section. There's Mike. Yay. Okay. Let's go to our uh, pictures. Here we go. And they are rolling. uh,
2: Yeah. So Mookie can't see these, but I'm going to throw it in here. So this is uh, unusual in that uh, it's something, an item I don't have currently. It is en route. (laughs) uh, And this is a 2004 game-worn Mookie Mitchell jersey. So this is the first you would have worn in the green and gold. So uh, absolutely stellar item uh as soon as it was mm-hmm. offered to me in the deal uh I said Phil, yeah he's like do you want it I'm like yeah no no i want it we're gonna make this happen so absolutely uh one of the favorite items now in my collection so mm-hmm. i was thrilled to be able to get it this week and uh at least i got some pictures so i could show it so yeah. do you have uh, any memories sort of pulling that on for the first time
1: uh, it, it was it, it because uh like i said all the years in in toronto just coming here Like, playing, coming to play at Commonwealth just always reminded me, and most Americans of, like, playing in the U.S., just, like, the smell of that fresh grass, and then Mm -hmm. just hearing from, like, your friends that played for Edmonton at the time, and just how that field was just cherished. Like, they couldn't practice on it, like, before the game. It was always well manicured, and it was, it was just, it was just that, just that pride. Like I say, just coming out and just putting on that jersey, and, knowing some of the the men that have worn that jersey that came out of that locker room just felt like so special to me
2: that's amazing uh Mm -hmm. this one is already signed uh otherwise i'd be asking (laughs) you to sign this one already but uh yeah maybe we'll bring it down to a tailgate if you happen to bop by and you can uh Uh, uh, you know check it out again for the first time in a while (laughs) that's
0: awesome that's awesome Mm -hmm. thank you super fan yeah Uh, perfect (laughs) perfect horde selection for this evening yes um Mookie, let's get to a couple of rapid fire questions, because we, we have some questions. We just want to just quickly get some answers from you from outside, mm-hmm. maybe of football. Um, what's your favorite meal?
1: Mm, Chinese. Ooh, Chinese nice. food is my favorite.
0: A- any specific kind of Chinese, or you just like it all?
1: No, no, just like it all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we need to have Chinese Day at the tailgate one time. Perfect. And then, okay, perfect. We can do that.
1: Um, what type of music do you like to listen to? Uh, all type, but mainly it's the rap and R and B.
0: Okay, anything mm. that's really hit your uh, iPod as of late that you really like?
1: No, but my my best a well, should I got a couple? But my best rapper of all time is Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good and title. my best the the best entertainer out of all time was Michael Jackson.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. That was quite the halftime show way back when. Yeah, that was, yeah not great camp, obviously, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, do you watch it? Watch anything on Netflix? Do you like movies? What do you like to do for on that side of things?
1: Well, I got into uh, when it was out the Game of Thrones, and I like Vikings. <laughs> Those, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the the kids that I work with, they was like Mister Turner, you got to get into it. And then I like you know I like crazy movies with like the dragons, right? Because, you know, you just always assumed you lived in that area with like a dragon flying over. So I loved that. Uh, and then like the, just, like the Vikings movie just always reminded you of like football, right? Because it's like it's a fight to the end. So I kind of I have fell in love with Vikings and I also fell in love with the Game of Thrones. Did you watch those and then
0: go back to the kids and go, that's not appropriate for you? <laughs> that's yeah, that's what uh, I have three children. Mm-hmm. I understand how that works. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Cookies or chips? Oh, cookies, chocolate chip.
0: Uh, oh yeah, there we go. Yep, so gotta was, introduce. But it, it has to now. be
1: soft though. They got to be soft.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's. Like I don't like sure hard,
1: it, I don't like hard cookies. Okay. No, I don't <laughs> like hard cookies. So I like the soft chip ahoys and all, oh I love them. I'll eat a whole bag of them. <laughs> Give me the extra there. butter. Yay. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. I think, uh, I don't know. Mike already asked you what your favorite player was growing up. Yep. Uh, Jerry Rice. Um, mm-hmm. did you have any pregame rituals?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, before we would leave, um, I would, um, when we're packing our bags, I would always have to put my pads inside when Dwayne would pass out our, uh, pants, I had to put my thigh pads and knee pads in it the day before the game. And also one of my game day, the day of the game rituals, is when, you know how you see some guys that go out like an hour, two hours before the game and warm up? Every time I did that, I never had the game I wanted. I always like to go out when it's time for like pat and go, or when it's time for like my position to go out. Whenever I went out early with Jason or or Ed and doing all the extra running, oh God, I just bombed the day. I just, I hated it. I hated it. So, Yeah. So I would use I use I'm usually the last receiver in because usually all the other receivers are go out and get warm. I was one of those type of players that it didn't take me long to get warm. And I would just go I would just get so pissed with myself if I got caught into just going out early. Cause I'm telling you, I I stunk up the joint. Whenever I went out early, it stunk it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember a lot of games with you stinking it up. It's probably yeah. just your own opinion, but that's that's fine. Um what what do you do when you're not on the job? What do you like to do outside of work and football?
1: Yeah, when I'm when I'm not on the job, I like to just come home. I like it every day I come home from work, I like to enjoy my little crown royal. Crown Royal is my, my choice drink. <laughs> hey? Then normally so normally on the weekends on like the little Fridays, um, me and the wifey will go out and eat. And then if she's in the mood, we'll end up hitting up like one of our favorite casinos here. But okay. if not, I'll drop her off and then I'll just go enjoy my night at the little casino. <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. nice. Uh yeah, we the first time I met you actually was at mm-hmm. um the twenty fifteen Grey Cup in mm-hmm. uh we were at the um the tweet up and mm-hmm. I met you and your wife that first time. Mm-hmm. And your your wife has a lot of energy she was such yeah. a nice lady we had a, an amazing conversation and, yeah. and I, I was cuz we had just started the podcast and I said oh yeah well yeah. one day I want to get mookie on and she's oh wait, he's coming on he's coming on she yeah. said to me i'm like yeah. okay he's great. like That's super
1: agent man like yeah I know. <laughs> you know, like it would be best to let me know some of these things he just signed me up <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, now this question, and I, and I
0: asked this because this is what I, I saved this one because again, you you've been on every level with this team. You've been a player, you've been a scout, you've been a coach, you now part of the alumni, now the president of the alumni. Um, what does the EE way mean to you?
1: Well, the EE means, it just it means pride. It means pride, it means tradition brotherhood, fight to the end. Like the shirt that I have on now is our shirt from um, our uh, 05, where all oh, the really? guys, and this, yeah, this was, this was, if you can see it, this was our motto, Big nice. D. So this is our 05 shirt. I say I would never get rid of that shirt because this is, this is the shirt that we made just before the playoffs. And so all the guys that was part of that, you understand when you say, when what does it mean? This is what it means. Like, no matter what you have to do, figure out a way to win this game. If you're not having the best game, do the little things to just help this team win, right? It's, you know, it's it's being unselfish and it's just being that, that good team player on and off the field.
0: Oh, love it. I love it. I love asking <laughs> alumni that question because yeah. it means something similar, but different to every guy. Yeah. And um, I, I don't, like, I know for the three of us it's always we always get goosebumps hearing some of these answers so uh and i
1: know you guys probably heard of the the saying that was here for years like bone yeah that was one that always stuck with me that brother of nasty eskimo i'm like oh that see that that goes way back that goes back and that was passed on us so like i said when i got here in 04 it was like dan kepley like i used to always just pick his brains right because kepley we would always sit next to each other and i was just like man you know, you just wanna I could just sit with guys like that for like uh, hours. Like you won five in a row, man. Like, it's hard <laughs> to win one. You guys won five in a row. Like like players cherish, players live for like championships like that. So I was saying that if I ever got up there in politics or anything like that, I say I would always one of the things that hurt me to my heart dearly is um, you know, when you're coming in uh, from the highway and used to see that sign, City of Champions. Oh God, please put that back because you had the, the the hockey team that was winning. You had the football team that would that would never happen again. I tell my son, I tell the kids, like I say, I'm hope I'm living to see uh, any team that ever go on a run like that again. I say, but I don't think it would ever happen, but if I can, if I ever got close to the mayor, man, put that, please put those signs back. Cause that, <laughs> cause that, that sign to me, that is just, it's, it's bragging rights. Really? It is. Like when you got the opposing teams coming in, like Calgary's and the Winnipeg, no other franchise can say that they can't. Yeah. Like, that's what I was like, you sh- like that, that city of champions, that that's, that's that pride. That's what you are talking about what it means to wear like that green and gold. Oh, man, that's that's awesome. No no
0: argument for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the fact that uh, Coach Vic has said that uh, Kayla knows all about the bone. Yeah, the saying <laughs> bone. Um, yeah, there is another horrible joke that I'm just going to let go for a second. <laughs> On that wonderful note, uh, th- this episode uh, with Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Overdue Fines. Uh, it's an Edmonton Public Library podcast. Uh, Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land host conversations about books, movies music, pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. It's a great way to learn more about what's happening at EPL and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. To listen and find out more about Overdue fines, head to epl.ca slash podcast. Well, Mookie, we cannot thank you enough for spending yeah. this time with us. Uh, we, we've loved the stories um, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we'll have to have you back another day to tell even more stories. Um, but uh, I, I got to say, like I think the the alumni is in amazing hands with you and, and we're very, very happy that you could come on and, and tell us uh, some of what's going on now and, and give us that hope of, of seeing you around to talk, talk more mm-hmm. of these stories and have every person that now listens to this ask you, did you really hang up? on you, Campbell um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell everyone where they can uh, kind of find you in the uh, social media world and, and where we might find you uh, when game day comes around
1: uh, so I'm, I'm on uh, Instagram at Mookie Mitch 87 and then on game days it's pretty much wherever the team wants me I'm normally in the <laughs> alumni room but now with all the um, the tailgating I'm going to really make myself visible all around the uh, stadium so awesome. you'll, you'll see me all around the stadium on game days. Oh, we'll
2: we'll let that, you know that. when it's Chinese day. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, You're going to want to come just, uh, I just telling you, you might want to come here now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah.
2: Super fan. Where does everybody find you? Uh, they can find me at 56 parkies on Twitter. And then the uh, Edmondson football history. Uh, I'll probably best on Twitter again. It's at EDM double E. Wonderful. Commissioner?
3: On Twitter at Duchess Lombardi.
0: Perfect. Uh, you can find me at Free of course, and you can uh, join in the huddle with us at The Turf District, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, our APN shout out this week goes to the Three Kitchens podcast. I don't know if you guys have heard about this one. Uh, nope. Three pals get together every week to share recipes, tips, and uh. kitchen adventures. Find them and all the other great shows. Oh, look at Kayla's very excited. writing that down right oh, now. Uh, all the other shows at Alberta Podcast Network dot com okay. um, and of course follow our good friends at uh pay it forward with football um, as they now have a new brand ambassador in cassidy and welcome aboard to her and i'm excited mm-hmm. to see what they are going to do as they get closer to the season um uh, if you're on YouTube Live, uh, stick around for, uh, in a couple of minutes, we will be back with overtime. We'll talk a little bit more about what's going on with the team. And I know a couple of guys wanted to do some draft, uh, not draft talk, but uh, combine talk. So we'll we'll chat a little bit about that. Uh, so stick around for that. Um, and of course, uh, thank you once again to uh, Mookie Mitchell for joining us. We, uh, I, I, like I said, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Um, and so for... Mookie for Commissioner K for Superfan Mike. I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we will absolutely. <laughs> I knew that was going to make you laugh. We will absolutely talk to you next week.
1: Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.